Amen, church, family, worship center. How are y'all doing this morning? Amen. It's good to see all of y'all. I am uh, so glad to be here. If we have not met, my name is Brother J.T. Clark. I pastor Family Worship Center Columbia. And Pastor Steve has asked me to preach to you this morning, of which I am greatly honored to do so. If you are new this morning, this is your first time here, we want to welcome you to church. You have stepped into a fantastic, wonderful, awesome, awesome church. Amazing church. Let me just tell you, I love this place. Man, y'all were rocking today. Sounded great. Looks great. This is an, uh, this is an awesome church. A church that'll, that'll help your family minister to your entire family. It doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter uh, uh, what, what your uh, church background is or your ethnicity. Any of that. It doesn't matter. Because one thing you'll find out quickly at Family Worship Center is we know through Jesus where you're going. So it doesn't matter where you came from because we know where you're going. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which means I'm going up. Everybody just say that real quick. Say, I'm going up. Amen. We're going to have a great service today. I'm excited to to preach to you. Um, But before we do, I want to just do a a little bit of homework, go over a few things. So um, first off, uh, tomorrow we are kicking off our youth camp summer surge, man. Listen, the the, the numbers are in. It's going to be our, our biggest camp yet, best camp yet. It's going to be uh, really, really like it, it looks the best it's ever looked. We're in a new um, uh, new auditorium at Coastal Carolina University, so we're in a new venue we've never been in. Um, the, the LEDs, LED walls up and the man, it, it, it looks the best it's ever looked. And so if you're new again, you don't know what I'm talking about family worship center, all of our churches, we come together and we put on a, uh, a youth camp for grades six through 12. And, uh, it's a week long camp will be, there'll be seven total services of which we, man, we pour God into these pe- into these young people the best way we know how. And they leave this camp. I'm just telling you, they leave different. They leave with an impartation, and they leave with a with a, a, a realization of how real God is, how powerful the Holy Spirit is, and how 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 much a, a difference God can make in their lives. They leave different. And so, whether you've given um, towards that, whether you have kids going, or or in any way, shape, or form, whether you however you've been involved in it. Uh, We want to thank you, but I want to ask you to do this real quick before we do anything else. I want to pray real quick for the week. I want to pray real quick for the week. I want you guys to hook up in faith with with me, with Pastor Steve, uh, with Miss Amy, with all the churches. We have um, um, about eight churches or eight different different entities that are represented uh, at the camp. Um, And uh, these churches are coming from all over, from different states, Um, hundreds of churches. Uh, them involved at the camp. Listen, I don't want to just hope it's going well. I know it's going to go well. And I know by faith, the the fervent effectual prayers of righteous men and women avail much, make much power available. I want you to bow your heads and pray with me. Everybody just lift your hands and pray with me. Now, don't just let me pray. If you know how to pray, pray with me right now. If If you don't know what to pray for, the Bible tells us to pray in the Spirit. 
All right, so do one of those two things right now. Amen, just for a minute. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now and we thank you for an amazing, powerful, Holy Spirit week during Summer Surge 2022. God, we thank you that this week's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful, that, that kids are going to get touched in ways they've never been touched before, that they're going to experience God like they've never touched before. God, or never experienced before, like they've never had a touch. God, I thank you that they experience you this week in a powerful, real, tangible way. And I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name that we see miracles, we see signs, we see wonders, that we see uh, your manifestation, your spirit manifested in, in a tangible way. I thank you that this week will be anointed. It'll be power-filled. It'll be the best camp we've ever had. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, uh, I, I should have done this probably first, but I also want to say hello to all those who are watching online, including our home, my home church where I, where I am usually every week, FWC Columbia. Will you all help me just say hey to everybody that's online and all those uh, from uh, Columbia? I love you guys. My wife and I will be back next week. We miss you this morning. Um, and uh, speaking of pastors being out of the pulpit, obviously Pastor Steve is not here. He will be back next Sunday. He misses you guys. He loves you. And uh, I am honored to be in his pulpit. I, I said this during the first service. Every day that I, I, I pastor, I've only been pastoring for a few years now. Uh, you know, God graces you to do it. And he calls those that are in the fivefold ministry gifts. And uh, it's a very real thing. It, it, it humbled me in a way that's really undescribable. And, and all I can say is every time that I come back here, which I get to every week, we have staff meetings on Monday, and I, every, every Monday I come back, I, I, I cherish this place different now that I've gone out and started a church. Because when you come back, you realize what it takes to get to this moment. You know, I mean, it doesn't just happen overnight that the chairs go up and people show up and bands show up and you the Holy Spirit shows up, you contend for those things. You, you, you pray in a way like you've never prayed before. You believe God in a way like you've never believed God before. Amen? And so I appreciate in, in a way I can't really describe, that I'm just trying to do the best I can to say this place is amazing. And what you have, what you're connected to, if this is your first time here, I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke. You stepped into an amazing ministry. And I encourage you, I encourage you, come back in here, Pastor Steve, if this is your first time. I, I hope you'll enjoy me, but you're going to love Pastor Steve. And if you enjoy me, it's only because I'm, I'm preaching what he put in me. Amen? Amen. So thank you, Pastor Steve. Thank you for having me today. And um, I think that's it. Oh, one more announcement. Uh, this Wednesday, we will not have church because of Summer Surge. All right, so because of the youth camp, we will not have church. But we are streaming each of our services at night. So Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night at 7. All right, tune in, Facebook, YouTube, and on our website. Well, praise the Lord. I've got a message today that I'm excited to share, share with you. Uh, the first service went really well. Um, I had several points, and I got to two of them because they were, they're just, there's just a lot in this. I've been talking and preaching in Columbia. I've been... Um, really, really encouraged by the fact that our faith can grow. Our faith can grow. Our faith can be increased. And uh, I want to read, I want to start 
and uh, in a verse here, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. And I want to talk to you about the ingredients to the highest kind of faith. Ingredients to the highest kind of faith. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows. Everybody say, my faith grows. Your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you, every one of you all, abounds toward each other. Your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith grows. The Bible tells us that when you get saved, that you, are, that you start with a measure of faith. You know, it takes faith to get saved. If you didn't know that, it takes faith to get saved. Someone tells you about Jesus, shares with you the word of God, lets you know who Jesus is, what he did. And you, have, you, you, know, you can't see Jesus, so you have to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. You have to confess him, the Bible says. You have to confess that he is Lord. Well, you can't confess something that you don't believe. Otherwise, you're just saying words. You're just reciting a prayer. And, and obviously, that doesn't work. But what works is, is when you believe in your heart. The Bible says in Romans, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Well, when you do that, you're doing that by faith. Everybody say, by faith. You're doing that by faith. So the things we do in life, we do by faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you can't see something, yet you know it's there, that's faith. You have to know, you have, you have to believe that God sent Jesus even though you haven't seen him. So faith starts at that point. The Bible says you have a measure of faith. Now, I like feedback. I'm much like Pastor Steve in that way. But he does a much better job of generating feedback because he's a much better preacher than I am. But I, want, I like to have you involved in the service. It helps you stay in tune and helps me know kind of that we're connecting. So I want you to say it one more time, and I hope I'm not disrupting you by having you repeat things, but it actually helps you to repeat some of this stuff and stay in tune with me. I want you to say this. Say measure of faith. Over in Columbia, I hope y'all are saying this as well. Measure of faith. I want to read to you some statements, from, or not statements, some verses from the New Testament. Now, in the New Testament, we see all these scriptures um, where faith is described at different levels. When you hear the phrase, well, highest kind of faith, I thought, we all had the same kind of faith. That's what I used to think, that we all have faith. If you have faith, you have faith. Yet, we understand from the Word of God that there are levels of faith. There are measures of faith. Your faith is measurable. It's measurable. And we know that because of scriptures like this. Well, I just read to you 2 Thessalonians. What does it say? Your faith can grow. If, if you uh, have children, what do they do every time you go to the doctor? They measure. Have they grown? Have they grown in height? Have they grown in weight? The doctors ask you question after question. You know, if, when you have really, really young kids, they start asking you, how are they doing with digestion? How are they doing? Are they having regular, you know, are they going to the bathroom regular? They ask you those kinds of questions. Well, then when you come back later, are they, do they have any words? Have they said one or two words? Okay, that's good. The next visit, how, are they having sentences? 
What are they measuring? They're measuring the growth of your child. Is your child growing? Is your child increasing? And if not, it's a red flag to the doctor. And the, the nurses are real good. They won't say anything, right? But, but you know, they just, they're just real stone cold. They jot stuff down. And you're like, man, I hope I answer those questions right. And the doctor will come back in and say, well, everything's good. And they'll show you the little graph. And here's the height. And, and the graph, I notice, it always goes up. It always goes up. There's growth that happens with your children. You start at a level, and then you want that growth to go up. You want their head to increase. Why do you want their head size to increase? That means their brain is growing. So in the same way that you grow as a human being, your faith should grow. And look at these other scriptures. In Luke chapter 12, 28, it, it talks about little faith. Jesus was saying, listen, if, if, my, if our Father in heaven takes care of the lilies and he takes care of uh, the grass in the fields, don't you think he'll take care of you? And he's saying, listen, if you don't believe that, that's little faith. In Romans 4, 19, talks about weak faith. The next verse, verse 20, talks about strong faith. Matthew 14, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand to Peter and called him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? What happened to Peter? Peter was walking on the water. Why did Peter walk on the water? Because he received a word. Now you'll hear me talk about in just a second the importance of the word and knowing the integrity of God's word. But listen to me. The, the word is where Peter started. And so before we got to this point where Jesus kind of gave him a rebuke because he sank in the water, Peter did respond in faith. The faith that Peter took to step out on the water came because he heard a word. He heard a word. He said, if that's you, Lord, tell me to come and I'll go. And Jesus said, what? Come. When he said come, that was all Peter needed to hear was I need to go. When he looked at the water, that's when he sank. And then Jesus said, what? Little faith. Now, he still had more faith than the guys in the boat. But it was little faith. Let's keep going. James 2.5, rich faith. Acts 6.5, full of faith. James 2.22, perfect faith. 1 Timothy 1.5, sincere faith. 1 Timothy 1.19, shipwrecked faith. This is faith that goes off the rails. It actually says, when uh, some people deliberately violated their consciences, as a result, their faith was shipwrecked. 1 John 5, 4, overcoming faith. Matthew 8, 10. Now we're getting to the good stuff. Matthew 8, 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such. Everybody say these words. Say great faith. All right. All right. Now, that was about 40% of you. And I could tell in Columbia, y'all were, were maybe flipping through your Bibles or something. I need everybody... To say this out loud, this is very important. I want you to say, great faith. Great faith. Now notice, Jesus marveled. He marveled. He was astonished. He was taken aback. He was stopped in his tracks. He was, he was going about his business. He was going to do something. And a centurion showed up and, and said, uh, hey, listen, I've got a, a, a servant back in my house. I, I, he, he's sick. He needs to be healed Will you heal him? And Jesus said, I'll come right now. And the centurion said, wait a second. No, you don't have to do that. A centurion was a Roman soldier. 
They actually got their name, Centurion, because they managed or oversaw a hundred other soldiers. So he wasn't just a soldier, he was a leader of soldiers. He was a centurion. It's, it's important that the Bible listed him as a centurion because anyone at that time would have known that he oversaw not just a few guys, but 100 men. And if he got to that level, he was responsible enough and good enough as a soldier to lead other men. That means that when he said something, they listened. He ordered around 100 men of the Roman army. All right? Now, when Jesus said, I'll come, he responded. He said, hey, listen. I'm not worthy that you come to my house. All you have to do is say the word. Everybody say it. Say, say the word. word. He said, listen, all you have to do is say the word and I know he'll be healed. The reason I know is because in the army, when I do that, when I give them a word, a hundred men respond to me immediately because I have authority over them. And I I don't know how he knew because he wasn't a Jew. You see that at the end? It says, I have not seen this much faith, not even in Israel. Jesus came for Israel, but this guy showed up, not a Jew, yet somehow understood, hold on, if you just say it, you've got enough authority over, he had to have watched. He had faith, this is faith. How does faith come? We know from Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. He had to have a level of faith that said, I know if you just say the word, that sickness has got to go. He, he didn't need a show. He didn't need a, he didn't need a big, uh, a fascinating experience. He didn't need something spectacular. He needed supernatural. Sometimes we get so fascinated with the, super, with the spectacular, we miss the supernatural. Are you with me? We, we, we miss the things that are, that are, that are uh, uh, important in our life because we're, we're looking in the wrong places. All you need to look in is the Word. I mean, really, that's all you need. This is all you need to look at is the word. Because the foundation that's in here, he had to have a foundation somewhere because Jesus responded and said, what? Everybody say it one more time. Say great faith. faith. All right, so if he had great faith and Jesus marveled at him, did you know there's another place that Jesus marveled? Two chapters before. In Matthew 6, 6. Or I'm sorry, it's not two chapters before because it's in an entire different book. In my head, I knew it was 6-6, but it's not Matthew 6-6. It's Mark 6-6. So an entire different book. But in Mark 6-6, we read that Jesus marveled because why? Well, he went to his hometown. He was trying to go there to do what he had already been doing. He was going about, the Bible says he was doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. That's what Jesus does. He does good. Seven, eight people were excited about that. Jesus is doing good. He goes around. He's doing good. Then he gets to Nazareth, and what happens? No faith. And he marveled because of what? Because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching. Why did he teach? Because he knew, I've got to get some faith in you. I've got got to change this. You've got no faith. You just think I'm still the carpenter's son. I'm coming around here trying to change your life and trying to flip this world upside down and show you that this world's not about religion. It's about believing in me and my heavenly father and your heavenly father. And if you have a relationship with me, you have a relationship with him. And anything that you ask in my name, see, he was trying to get them to understand what was happening by him being on the earth. But yet in his hometown, there was no faith. There was unbelief. 
So in one case, he marveled because of a statement that said, all you have to do is give me a word. Marveled. Whoa! Dude! I mean, he looked back at his boys and was like, guys, bro, did you hear this? This dude's got faith. I mean, really, if you think about it, he was chastising them. I, I, I mean, they were in Israel. He said, I have it even in Israel. <clears throat> yeah, I'm talking to you guys. Yeah, even y'all don't have faith like, faith like this dude. Marveled. Then marveled because unbelief. What? You guys, you guys can't even believe. I can't do anything here. I can't perform any miracles. I, I hope you understand. That as you go through your life, there there is a level, a measure of your faith. Your faith is measurable, whether you like it or not. It's measurable. And how how you handle the circumstances you face are determined by your faith in Jesus Christ, who has what? All power. He has, you're able to do all things through who? Who does what? Strengthened you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, why did 90% of you quote that? Because you have the word in you. That's faith. But, but, but that's, that, that, then you have to do what? You have to exercise it. You have to actually apply it. Be, because otherwise, what is it? It's just a phrase. Because here's what happens. I'm going to just tell you all what happens. I know because I've done it. So I'm not trying to be condescending. This is what happens. You go through life and you're in a church service like this and you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. It's a good day. God's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just reciting the churchy phrases we all say. And then when you get to a, a, a situation, the boss walks in and says, hey, COVID, man. Sorry. Everything's shut down. Got to let you go. Or the doctor walks in and says, hey, sorry to report this. Or uh, uh, your family issues arise. The teacher comes to you. We're not, we're not getting the scores that we need to see. We're, I'm not sure what we're going to have to do with your kid here. And these, these things come up. And then all of a sudden we, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how am I going to get through this? I mean, what, what? Now, what's coming out of your mouth there? Mark six six unbelief. And so, what I'm encouraging you to do today is to make a determination in your life that I am going to walk by faith, and I'm going to start walking by faith today, so that when I come up on a situation like that, I will have a faith response. I ha- I ha- you don't, you, I, you can't wait until the calamity hits to then say, man, I guess I need to learn something about healing because Dr. Dr. No-No, <laughs> I love doctors. I'm grateful for doctors. You know, I mean, without doctors, I mean, you, you need to, I, I, I'm grateful that I can go to a doctor and know, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening with my body. They, they've gone to school for years and years, understand your body, understand all that, but if I understand the word, then I can take their information and put this on top of it and say that is what I'm living. 
It's not a, 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 anything against a doctor. It's a God's word. How do you have the highest level of faith? Okay, so we've come to terms with, and I've been preaching this in weeks, weeks and weeks in, in Columbia, so they're like, yeah, we've already heard all this. Get to the point. But I'm preaching to y'all today. That's what Pastor Steve asked me to do, so y'all just hold on. I'll get there, okay? I want y'all to, 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 to catch up to this concept that your faith is measurable. And, and so when, when you are, are, are uh, right now, nothing's going on. Let's say, hey, I mean, life's pretty good. Finances are pretty good. Things are pretty good. I mean, feeling pretty good. Health is pretty good. Kids are doing great. Right now, right now, listen to me. Right now is when you need to start confessing where you're going. Because the devil doesn't want to see a believer coasting through life uh, on the mountaintop in the clouds. He doesn't want to see you doing well. You know why? Because he can't. He can't have a relationship with God. He can't have what you have. He can't have, he's been, he, he made his mistake. He is, he is cursed for eternity. He can't have what you have. He can't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He can't have, he can't walk by faith, but you can. So what does he want to do? He wants to interject doubt so that you get marveled at, where's the belief? Where's the faith? God's saying, man, I, I put this in place so that you can get through this situation. And you're down there going, uh, I mean, I guess it'll work out. I've made a determination. I'm not living like that. I'm not living on hope it works out. I, I can't find that in here. I can't find that in here that, oh, well, just hope it works out. You know, I, I can find scripture after scripture that says, I'm with you. That I know the problems you have before they even arise. Which means, if God said, I want you to wrap your head around this. See, this is faith. You ready? If God said, I know what's happening in your life. I know everything about you. I know all of your problems. I know all the ins and outs of your life. I know what's going to happen before it happens. I also have told you, what does my word say? My word says, I shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. So if I can supply all of your needs and I know what's coming, the need is there before I have the problem. So I've made a determination. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I tend to have an emotional response first. I, I just, I'm a human. I have an emotional response. I get upset for whatever, you know, whatever it may be. But I, I have been trying for, for really since I've started uh, um, working here at the church was really when I, I latched onto this and made a determination I'm going to change my life. And I made a determination to, to shorten that period of time. The period of time between emotional response and faith starting. And that when the calamity hits, if that's when the ticker starts, that as little time as possible, I'm going to respond in emotions and I'm going to flip it to faith as fast as I can. Because if I stay in emotions, that's not faith. Faith is of the heart. And so my faith has got to be in, okay, you know what? All right, I know that this happened, but God, you knew it was going to happen before it happened. I don't know how I got here. I don't know. It may have been the world. It may have been me. It may have been my flesh. It may have been the devil. But you're bigger than all that. So you've got a way. You've got something for me. You've got a way out. And I start, I just, I, when you get the word in you, you get fired up about this. 
And, and, and fired up for you may, may look different than me. It may look different than me. I like to talk to myself in the mirror. I'm just going to tell you what I do. I'm going let to you, let you in. I like to look at myself in the mirror and tell myself, you're not going there. Now, why would I do that? That sounds a little schizophrenic there, Mr. Clark. Yeah, I know. I know. But I have an understanding, based on God's word, that I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. That the real me is a spirit. Now, I don't have time to teach on all that today. Pastor Steve does a good job of teaching on that. Hopefully, you have an understanding of that. If you're new, trust me on it. And if you want some material, I'll give it to you after the service. Come see me. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. What's well, my soul? My mind, will, and emotions. I live in a body. All right, so my body, my earth suit, soul, mind, will, and emotions, spirit, real me. And, and, and so I, I understand that complexity of, of how my makeup is. I also understand that in Genesis, the Bible tells me what? I'm made in his image and likeness. God is a three-part being. All right, so I put all this together. So then that tells me that, that in order for me to grow, my kids grow, how'd they grow? Well, to grow their bodies, what do we do? We feed them. Most of you, like me, three meals a day. Three meals a day. So if you have three meals a day, that's great. But what tends to happen is you eat three hot meals a day and you feed your spirit one cold snack a week. How do you grow your soul? You read books, you read material, you push yourself intellectually, you challenge yourself, and your soul grows, your mind grows, your, your intellect grows. You challenge yourself emotionally, you do uh, self-care stuff, it's all great. Well, what does that help? That helps your soul. It's good, help your soul. It's good to grow your body, it's good to work out. Physical, physical uh, man, I'll tell you what, you know what I've realized? If you don't work out, you get weak. And I, I hit something like the last year or so, I hit something with my metabolism and, and age and all that, and I realized, man, it's not the same. Like, I got to do something, dude, like real quick. I need, I need a gym membership or, or a workout at home little setup or something. I need to get on that, uh, what's it with the Apple Watch, Apple, uh, Apple Fitness, something, man. I got to get something going on because I, I realized, man, I'm not, it's not, it's not 25 anymore. I'm not 18 anymore. You know what I mean? So there's things you do with your body, but that's your body. That's your soul. Well, what are we doing with our spirit? Because if faith is a matter of the heart, then that's where faith grows. Faith, see, we respond in the flesh and in our soul, but our, the word of God goes into our heart, goes into your spirit. That's, that's, that's where it's birthed. That's where faith starts. And so you have to understand that every day you have an opportunity. Every day you have an opportunity to feed your faith. Everybody say this, say, feed my faith. Exercise my faith. One more time. Everybody in Columbia as well say, feed my faith. Exercise my faith. So you have to do those two things. You have to feed your faith and exercise your faith. You have to feed it and exercise it. Just like you would do with your body, feed your faith and exercise it. If you um, are in, in, in let's, let's, use, let's use finances. Don't wait till you need $100,000 to pay some massive bill to figure out how to believe God for prosperity. Start with 
Start with God, I need, I need, you know what? I would like a pay raise. I've been working at such and such place for a while. I would like a pay raise. See, here's what happens. When you do that, everyone, no, I should say every one of you. I bet several of, of you, in your mind, not your spirit, in your mind, what came up? Excuses. I would like a pay raise. Well, no, they already gave so-and-so a raise. So, I mean, she got the raise first. Where is that in the Bible? Show me. Show me chapter and verse. Oh, well, God, God, can, God can increase you. He takes you from glory to glory. He takes you from, he, he, he takes you, he wants to increase your life. He wants to supply all of your needs. He, he, you know what? What the Bible says? It says uh, in Psalm 37, he'll give you the desires of your heart. I've read, I've read Psalm 37 a lot. It's been like my, my, I don't just have like one verse for the year. I have a whole chapter. Psalm 37, read it. You know, it doesn't say he'll give you the desires of your heart unless global pandemic. Then take Psalm 37 out during the pandemic time. It doesn't work. It doesn't say that. It says the righteous shall possess the land. That's what it says. Am I either going to be, am I going to be a possessor of a land or not? Am I going to be the lender or the borrower? Am I going to be the landlord or the tenant? The Bible says you inhabit homes you did not build. That means someone's building us. See, Columbia right now, we're renting a building. Someone's building us out a church right now for us to move into. That's where, that's where my faith is at. And so I can't get moved. When I, when I go into a place, I'm like, oh, man, this might be it. This might be the building. And they say no, or they say this, and it doesn't work out. I'm not, I'm not, I cannot be wavered by that. I can't allow that moment of, of something in the, in the natural world to waver my faith. I have to have a determination of my faith that when I see the waves bouncing, I'm not going to have Jesus look at me and say, little faith. My eyes can't be on the waves. They can't be on the water. My eyes have got to be on the one with the solution. The one with the solution who was standing right in front of Peter was Jesus. The Bible says in John, he was the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So my eyes, our eyes today, we don't have Jesus on the earth. We have the word. My eyes have to be on the word. Number one of, of my steps to the highest, these are my steps, I got them from Brother Hagin. Steps to highest kind of faith. Number one, know the integrity of God's word. Know the integrity of God's word. Hebrews 4.4 4 tells us that God's word is living and powerful. Mofert's translation says it's a living thing. His word is living, which means it can give me life. Wow, I just feel so down. Brother JT, I just, I just, you know, every day I wake up and I feel down. You, you, it's literally impossible for you to recite God's word to yourself. When you do that, you read it, it's going in, it's renewing your mind, which is part of what God's word does. Then when you're reading it out loud, you're building your faith. Because faith comes by hearing. So you're double dipping on the word. When you do that, it's literally impossible for you to do that and be depressed. Now, I will say, if you start in the Old Testament, you're going to have to get through a bunch of stuff of history and historical things that you might not understand. I encourage you, start in John. Start in Acts. Read some of these that I've been, Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians. 
Those are letters written to the church at the time, but they weren't just written for, like, they weren't only applicable to them, they're applicable to you. When Paul prayed over those churches, you could put your name in there. When he would say, brothers, I wish this, you could say, insert my name, I wish that. It was written to the church. Are you the church? Okay, 17% roughly? I'm going to help you out. The answer is yes. All right, I'm going to ask again. Everybody in Columbia respond. Are you the church? God said this. Jesus said this. The church is the body of Christ. You are the body. I am the body. When we are the body, we go with the head. Wherever the head goes, I go. Wherever he goes, I go. Whatever he does, I do. The Bible says, I'm his hands, I'm his feet. You know, it's really hard to be his hands and feet if I'm so sick, I can't do anything. If if I have no money, I can't do anything. I can't give to anybody. I can't help anybody out. I can't help someone in need. I can't even drive to church because I don't have gas money. You cannot tell me that's what God wants. Can't tell me. Cannot convince me. I am convinced otherwise. I've read his word. I believe it. I'm called to live above this world's standards. I'm called to have more than enough. That's what he wants for me. That's what he wants for you. That, he, that you can, can say, you know what? I know what's happening out there, and I don't care. I don't care. Because this is what I care about. And this word tells me that I got what I need. That's really bad English. I have what I need. It does sound better. Sometimes it sounds better if you use bad English. But I'm not going to do that in Pastor Steve's pulpit. Amen. I have what I need. Number two, you have to know the, the reality of your redemption in Christ. You have to know that you are redeemed. I'm not trying to be redeemed. I'm not hoping one day I get redeemed. I'm not hoping that, oh, well, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, I hope maybe one day I'll, I'll feel redeemed. I don't care how I feel. I don't care how I feel. I, I, I am redeemed because God's word says I'm redeemed. Let me read it to you so I'm not just going off of me. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. Everybody yell out. You guys at Columbia as well. Yell out inheritance. You have an inheritance. If you have an inheritance, let's just talk natural terms. This is a natural term that Paul's using to, uh, to describe to them something they have. An inheritance. What is an inheritance? Some, something that's passed down from someone else that was theirs but now belongs to you. What do you have to do with inheritance? You have to receive it. It was different back then than it is today, but similar in the fashion that you didn't have the re- inheritance unless you received it. Unless you went and you said, okay, what do I get? How many camels? How many cows? How many cattle? Okay, I got this piece of land. Okay, this is mine. And that's Joseph's, and that's, okay, this is mine. Okay, that's mine. All right, cool. My inheritance is over there. I've got it. It's mine. So now don't come on my land because I got, that's my inheritance. And you staked your land. That's what they did back then. They determined that's their land. You have to determine in your life, this is my land. The devil has a no trespassing. Don't come on my property. Let me me read the word. Listen, listen. Inheritance, stay there, listen to that, but then let's finish. Inheritance of what? Saints in the light. We have light, not darkness. 
Follow this. He has delivered us from what? The power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He's what? He has done all these things. He has given us inheritance. He's given us a power. He delivered to us power over darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom we have what? Redemption. We have redemption. I have it. I'm not trying to have it. I'm not hoping one day I get it. I have redemption. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am redeemed, I said. I am I'm not going to be redeemed one day. You don't have to worry about one day. Am I going to feel redeemed? Am I going to look redeemed? Am I going to sound redeemed? You're redeemed right now. You need to act redeemed. You need to leave here today. I am. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. I'm going to act redeemed. Don't you come at me with no negativity. Don't you come and tell me I can't have what God's word said I can have. I'm redeemed. And if you tell me something, I'm going to shut you out because I'm redeemed. He said, I'm redeemed. I'm going to be redeemed. I'm going to walk redeemed. I'm going to get a new walk. I'm going to get a new look on me. Y'all thought I had a good walk. You thought I had a good hairdo. Listen, I'm going to look better tomorrow than I look today. I am redeemed. I want everybody to say this with me. Say this with me. Say, I have been delivered from the power of darkness. I have an inheritance from God. An inheritance of light. God is light. He lives in me. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I am redeemed from poverty, from sickness, from spiritual death. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Now, how do all of you feel? What happens is your spirit quickened your body. It changed your mind. The word of God renewed your mind. So however you felt before when you had excuses and I don't know how I can, and I don't know how, I, and the devil, I know he's all up in my workplace. So I know he's just messing with my boss and my boss hates me and all this. But then when you start talking like that, you realize I don't really care. God can move my boss. You know what I started doing? God bless them so much they can't stay there. Bless them so much that building comes available. Bless them so much that that house comes available. Well, you know, the, 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 the markets are changing and then uh, the, the interest rates are changing. Are you bound by interest rates? Show me that in the Bible. You're determined, you're, your increase is determined by the, the world economic system. I can tell you who, who runs most of that. It, the world economic system is, is whatever it is. And it's not the kingdom of light. Know the integrity or reality. This is three. Know the reality of the new creation. In the same way that you are redeemed, you have to realize I am a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If I get to it later, I'll read more of this chapter but look at this in verse 17 therefore if any wasn't if anyone is in christ he is a what he will be when he finally gets his act together i hate hearing when people say well i just i gotta get right first before i come to church if that's your excuse, let's get right right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of all my sins. I believe you're Lord and Savior. I confess you. I believe in my heart. confess my mouth. Okay, you're right. Now let's go to church. What do you mean you got to get right? What do you got to get right from? What do you got to get right with? 
Like, get in the house of God and let him get you right. You know what, I, man? I'm so, that's why I'm so thankful for this church. Because I, I, I didn't get here on my own. I had a good pastor and Pastor Steve who preached this to me the same way I'm preaching to you. I'm not preaching anything new. That's what I'm telling you. If you're new and you're enjoying this, you're like, man, this is nice. Just wait till you hear my pastor. And all the rest of you that hear him every week, I, I, this is why we tell you, don't miss. And don't take lightly what you're hearing. Well, it just, you know, it was more teaching today. I'm just not sure. What did what'd you get from it? Did you ask, did you come in and say, God, show me, because I need your word. I need to understand what I, don't, what I didn't understand before. I need, my faith needs to grow. God, let me hear, let me get out of my flesh, let me get out of my soul, and let me receive in my spirit. Because I've got a good pastor. You've connected me to a good church. Man, this is a good house. And this, I, I, I don't actually like just preach this, I live it. And I don't want to seem boastful today to tell you, but COVID has done nothing but send me like this. But let me tell you why. Because in March of 2020, when, 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 all, when everything, you know, went down, we came together for a little bit and we were all doing church together. Well, I had been out for a year. Uh, my wife and I moved to Columbia. We started the church. Well, I mean, I was putting out so much, trying to get, you know, everything going there. Be honest, I was doing what the Bible says not to do. Unless the Lord builds the house, I was laboring in vain, baby. I'm going to just tell you, I was laboring in vain. But I finally started to figure some things out, and Pastor helped me, God helped me, and uh, we got some momentum, then, then, then the pandemic hit. Well, when we, when we did that, I was sitting every week under Pastor Steve, which I was before, but now it's different because now I'm, I'm soaking it up the way I wish I would have soaked it up before. But the good news is, before I was a pastor... There had been many things in my life that we went through and he helped me through where my faith grew. So when the pandemic hit, I knew God was going to get me through. I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how it was going to look two years later. I didn't know how things were going to pan out. I didn't know how God was going to do it. But very quickly, I went from, man, this looks bad to, man, this is going to be great. And that was hard. In the flesh, it was hard, I'll say that. But I, had, I mean, we had to wake up, and we had to talk to my, I had to talk to my wife. We had to get our family together. No, no, we're going to confess that God's going to work this out. God's going to turn this thing around. We're going to open the doors of the church back up. People are going to come back. And when, when, you know, when half your church back, comes back, you, you start, man, whew, But you got to keep confessing it. No, no, church is going to grow. People are going to grow. Things are going to happen. Well, when I started talking like that, believing like that, and acting like that, Again, because I have a good pastor who said, we're not going backwards. The pandemic's not putting us down. And so he put that in me. I'm, my family's confessing it. Columbia's confessing it. I know Georgetown was too because they're growing. But you know what happened? Families showed up. They said, hey, our, our church shut down and, and we, we, don't have a, we don't have a place to go. And all of a sudden, people started showing up. Well, this time it was different than the people from pre-pandemic. But we said we had several families that stayed through, through the pandemic. Now we had other families come in. I'm talking about Columbia. This is what happened in FWC Columbia. And so all this starts happening. Well, well, I didn't stop believing. I didn't stop confessing at that point. Well, I let faith rise up in me. I kept building my faith. I kept preaching faith. I kept walking by faith. I kept talking by faith. I kept confessing faith. And you know what? When you live by God's word, his word actually comes to life. I had to, sh I had to shut out. I, I, I mean, they would come and tell me, like, uh, did you hear about the new variant? And I'd be like, no. 
No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. There's a new variant. Oh, yeah, it came out like five weeks ago. I'm like, oh, really? I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, you know, because it'd be somebody that's not connected to FWC. Are your, are your numbers down? We saw our numbers take a dive again. I'm like, no, actually, we had the best month we've ever had. All right, we, I mean, really, we had good numbers. The numbers are up. See, I know God's word. What's God's word say? Give, and it shall be given. So I made a determination. You know what I'm going to do? If they're saying the world's going down economically, then I'm going to give. That's faith. Because faith says, I mean, your, your natural side says, hold on to it. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to give like we've never given before. Personally, church, I'm going to give like we've never given before. You have to know the reality of the new creation. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the moment, at that moment, when that happened, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you were made new then. You, you were not sort of made new. You were not halfway made new. You were made new then, at that moment. The reason this is important is it's, it's hard to come before your Heavenly Father if you still think you're who you were. You're not who you were. You are not an old sinner saved by grace. You were, and then God saved you. Well, sometimes I still feel like that. That's why you have to understand that's not, that's not you. That's your flesh. Your flesh feels like that. So what do you do? You build yourself up with the word and say, no, no, no. No, I'm saved. I'm saved. God made me new. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ. Every time you feel contradictory to the word of God, speak the word of God over your life. Because your, your mind is what's doing that. And, and, and I mean this in the best way possible, but if you have someone in your life that continue, is continue to pull you down, it might be time to say, you know what? I said this during the first service. This came up in my heart. I think it's pretty good. Whenever someone's coming at you, they're saying, well, you know, I know you're believing God for a raise, and I heard you say that the other day. But, but you know, they already said they're not giving any more raises at this job. And they start putting doubt in you. Here's what I want you to do. You ready? Either get out your actual Bible. I don't care if they see it or not. Or get out your phone. They might just think you're texting. But don't text anybody. Don't Google anything. Pull up the Bible app on your phone. And then turn it to a faith scripture. Like I, earlier, I used John 10.10. 10. And you pull up John 10.10 10 and just start reading it to yourself. While they're talking doubt and unbelief, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. I have an abundant life in Jesus' name. I have an abundant life. My God shall supply all my needs. Psalms 37 says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. God cares about your desires. If you desire a new job or a better job or a new car or, or whatever it is, God cares about that. Now, our desires also have to be for his kingdom because what does Matthew 6 say? Matthew 6 tells us that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So when you start desiring God, let me tell you where I'm at. God, I want so much money. I have a number I'm believing for. I, I can't wait to write that tithe check. I can't, I can't wait. I'm not worried. I know with that money I could buy a car or I could buy this or I could put a down payment on our house. I got real estate dreams and all these things that I want to do. But you know what's a bigger desire than all that? How can I bless your kingdom? I mean, I, I want to I tithe enough to, to, to I mean, like, 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 like status changing tithe. 
like paying salaries tithe. See, I, 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 that's, that's, how, that's where my faith is at. Well, you're like, man, I started tithing last week. I, I, how do I believe for that? What I tell you, everybody has a measure of faith. So what you have to do, start with $5. Start with $10. Start with, God, show me how to manage my money so that I can tithe and give to you and still live off the 90 and have more than enough. Either your word's true or it's not. So if I give this 10%, it might be a step for me. It's going to be a step of faith. But if I do it, your word says, well, I'm just going to trust you. What's that faith? Start with where you're at. But then what's going to happen is one day you'll be like this. Your faith will grow. I wasn't there a few years ago. That's where I'm at today. Amen? Let me give you another one. You ready? Are y'all getting anything out of this? Number four, know the reality of your righteousness in Christ. Romans 3. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption. There's redemption again. That is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. This is a lot. Hopefully they'll get up on the screens. I'm sorry, guys. This is Romans 3, 23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, 24, 25, and 26. Here's the, the part of the end. So it's it's already said, because in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time whose righteousness, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. All right. What is all this saying? Who has faith in Jesus? Now, the King James that you see there says believeth in Jesus, but we know believing is faith. So the New King James, which I'm reading, says the one who has faith in Jesus. If you have faith in Jesus, your righteousness is his righteousness. Now, the words there, see where it says just and justifier? Does everybody see that? Just and justifier are the same word, the same word as righteousness in the same scripture. So you could read it like this. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be righteous and the righteousness of him who believes in Jesus. Why is this important? What does this have to do with faith? Because if the beginning has said all have sinned and fallen short, right? We all have sinned. But he makes us righteous. He does. It's his righteousness. So it's hard to come to God when the devil's beating you up and you think you're just not holy enough to believe him for anything. But it's not... We are to live holy, but our desire to live holy and our ability to live in holiness comes because his righteousness is put on me when I have faith in him. This is a little deep, but I hope you get this. Because if you really want to grow in faith, you have to, you have to come to God knowing I, whatever I did in my past has not ruined me from believing you today. That's yesterday. This is today. God, you're yesterday, today, and future. So my future is in you. My faith is in you. Are you with me today? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You you have to know. You have to understand your righteousness in Christ. All have sinned, but there's redemption. What is Romans 5, 17? This is great. This is talking about Adam and what Adam did and how one man's sin, Adam's sin, 
how it messed up everything, but then one man, Jesus, made it right. Romans chapter 5, 17. For if by the one man, Adam, by his offense, death reigned through Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a gift. And when you walk in the gift, it says you'll just maybe barely make it through life. You'll reign in life. So for anybody who earlier was a little upset when I started talking about, well, you're, you know, you're just worried about all the superficial things in life. No, I'm worried about seeking first his kingdom. But when I seek first his kingdom and I allow his righteousness to flow through me and I live by the creed that he's, he's called me to live by and I live and walk by faith, I will reign in this earth. I will tread over and walk over anything the enemy puts in my way, anything the world tries to do to stop me. I am unstoppable. I cannot be stopped. Greater is he that's in me than anything I can face in this world. And so when I walk by faith and I let that stuff build up in me, I can't help. I just look at, I mean, I, I didn't even mean to start. I can't help it. I'm unstoppable. You can't tell me. Well, what you're going to put in front of me? What you're going to do? What's next? What are you going to try to deter my faith with? What are you, what, what, what's next? Because I'm going to overcome that too, just like I did the last thing and the thing before that. Global pandemic, psh, whatever. You can make it through that. Everybody in here has made it through. God kept you. God kept you safe. I know, there, I know it was real. I know it was real. I know there was stuff that happened. I know there was real, raw stuff that happened that upset your life. But God is able, God is for you, God is not against you, God didn't cause those things, so me walking by faith allows me to reign, reign like a king. This is from Brother Hagin's book, every one of God's dear children has the same righteousness and the same standing with God because we are in Christ and he is our righteousness. God doesn't love one of his children. Listen to this. God doesn't love the person beside you. He doesn't love your, your, the person you saw get blessed over what, you know, whatever happened. No, he doesn't love them anymore. He doesn't love one of his children more than he loves another. And he won't listen to one praying more than he will listen to another praying. When you know this, your faith will abound and your prayers will work. So many people struggle so long in the realm of self-condemnation. And in the process, they allow the enemy to rob them. Self-condemnation robs you. I think that's worded so beautifully because it's self-condemnation. God, God hasn't condemned you. He convicts you. Now, let's stop doing that. Let's not do that anymore. Hey, we've got to make this right. Let's, listen, that's going to hurt you. Don't do that. What is that? That's conviction. But, but condemnation is the devil saying, see, you're just worthless. See? Now, how are you going to believe God did? What? You going to believe God after you did that? Here's, here's a really bad one. You ready? Well, this is your mess. But see, the Bible says all you have to do is come humbly before him. God, man, I blew it. God, I, I, I made a mess of this. But I believe your word. And I, Lord, I ask you to forgive me and I repent. 
but your word's still true, even though it's my mess. And I'm not going to allow the devil to rob me and condemn me and talk me out of what I know is mine. Righteousness is mine. And I'm going to live righteous. Amen? Know the reality. Or I'm going to skip over some. I, I knew I wouldn't get through all of them. Ready? I'm going to end on this one. This is really good. And this will help you. Know the reality of our fellowship with the Father. You know, you're not a bother to God. Like, you don't bother him when you come to him in faith. You're not disrupting him when you come to him in faith. You're not throwing things off when you come to him in faith. He's not surprised when you come to him in faith. When you come to him and say, man, like when my kids come to me and they need something, I'll stop whatever I'm doing. What do you need, baby? What do you need? You hungry? All right, let's go get something to eat right now. What you want? You want chicken nuggets? You want 12, 12, 18? How many you need? Some fries? I know you're only two, but I, yeah, sure, I'll get you a Diet Coke. No problem. Y'all don't, don't tell my wife now. Actually, she already knows. So I did pretty good with the first two. I never let them get away with it. But little Josh, our youngest man, that dude will chug a Diet Coke. I'm like, you're two years old, dude. What are you doing? I don't need all that caffeine. You know, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me when they come. And God loves you. He wants you to have fellowship with him. What relationship is there if there's no fellowship? Have fellowship with him. You know, it's a lot different to say, oh, well, God, I just... I hope, I hope you'll, you'll help me in this situation versus, God, I, I know you know what's going on. God, I love you. God, I thank you for helping me through this. I thank you for walking me through this. God, I thank you. Lord, you're, 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 you're with me everywhere I go. Your word says you're with me everywhere I go. I, the greater one, you live in me. You're, you're inside of me. You're, you're with me right now. I, Lord, I just want to spend some time with you today because I know that this situation, the only way I'm going to get through it is because you help me. And that fellowship... I hope this has helped you today. I hope this has encouraged you today. We're not going to wait until calamity happens, until problems arise, until situations. Build our faith today. Increase your faith today. Grow your faith today. Amen? Amen. I want to encourage you to watch Summer Surge this week. Watch online. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night at 7 p.m. There's no Wednesday night service. Now, uh, yesterday, if you don't know, yesterday was Pastor Steve's birthday. Your pastor had a birthday yesterday. So, <clears throat> so next Sunday, obviously he wasn't here today. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate that birthday. They're going to have refreshments. We're going to have areas set up where if you'd like to bring a birthday card or whatever you'd like to do to honor him and appreciate him for his birthday, you can do that. Several of you did that today, and I know he's grateful for that. I tell you, I've, I know I've said it like 20 times, but I'm going to say it 21. You have a great pastor who loves you dearly. And this is such a great church. Thank y'all for having me today. Thank y'all for, <clears throat> y'all were easy to preach to. Great. I want to thank all of you for watching online at Columbia. I'm going to turn it back over to you guys. Y'all can take back over the service there. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday.